Hello, everyone. This is the Hey Chaplain podcast, and I'm not Chaplain Altic. <laughs> Obviously. I'm Joe Grisola. I'm back. Today, we're going to do a little talking about the podcast in 2022, and I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Jared. I'm glad you're here, Joe. Yeah, we're wanting to review the last year and kind of just do a rundown of, of what we accomplished and then maybe take a look into what 2023 has for us. Yeah, busy year for the... I mean, how many? 40, 40 episodes or more? Yeah, county bonus episodes and all of that. It, it was it was probably around 40 episodes. For that's a year. lot of work. I mean, that's... Yeah. I know you're something already... something that's only supposed to be twice a month. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got a busy schedule, right? I mean, you've got your, your church, and mm-hmm. then you've got all of your work that you do with the police department. Yeah. And then you're adding this podcast to that's a that's a busy it's a busy schedule for you. I have no other life, and so <laughs> so yes. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're not neglecting your family and everybody. I mean, I'm sure no, they no, they no, want to no. see you too. No, church and family come first. Good, but uh, but yeah, I don't golf, and so yeah, there's no other no other activities but but this stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's okay. I'm uh, I'm glad that I get to talk to you instead of play golf because I'm awful. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm better at talking than swinging the nine iron. So yeah, that's, I'm terrible. You know, I'm obviously, I'm, I guess you could say I'm a little bit uh, partial since I've been on the show a couple times, but I'm a big fan, and I I really do enjoy listening to your show. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, uh, this year you've had a lot of really good episodes that I've really enjoyed, or maybe were hard to listen to, but they were really good and really captivating and really riveting. Like, I wanted, I, yeah. I, it was so interesting to me that I, I didn't want to turn it off. So, what do you think? I mean, how do you think the year went overall? We had a good mix of of heavy hitting episodes and some lighter fare. Also, uh, I've gotten a lot of good compliments this year on the variety of okay. topics that we've had. Yeah, and I try to do that because every now and again I'll get topics that look like they're almost the same topic, and I try not to ever run those back to back. And since I work a couple months out, I usually can spread them out. So if there are two topics that are adjacent, they don't necessarily show up in the same month. Together. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How much time do you normally put in on a, on a specific episode? Like how much, how many hours or? It, it's hard to say because I've got several irons in the fire. I'm always recruiting potential guests, you know, sometimes six months or a year out. Wow. And and so I'm I'm working for months to, you know, hey, I want to talk to an author, so I'm going to read their book first. And I let them know that I'm reading their book. And then I'll come back to them a couple months later and we'll set up an interview. Then we'll do an interview uh, all of that, I don't really add up that time, you know, but it just, it's always ongoing. Mm-hmm. The interview itself doesn't take very long, but then re- editing the interview can take two or three times the amount of time it took. To, so oh, wow. a 30 minute recording is mm-hmm. probably an hour and a half worth of editing. Wow. And, and then, you know, I spread that over the course of a month or two and then it gets published Yeah. and the publishing stuff isn't too hard, but, but I could see why people hire an assistant to like do the the recruiting part of it, okay. you know, trying to find a, and schedule those guests. I mean, that's a little bit of work. And people always, they have conflicts in their schedule. Right. And so yeah. I got people that I have on the hook and they get away because because they just had a conflict or, or something else came up. I bet you too, the other part of it is just that, yeah, like not only does do they have to have availability in their schedule, but you have to have availability in yours and those both have to match. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's a matter of like, you know, ships passing in the night yeah. where you really have a good potential interview. They really want to be on the show, but just your availability just doesn't seem to, to no. match. I'm and sure. I, I favor interviews that I can do in person. Okay. Uh, right now you and I are sitting across a desk from one another, mm-hmm. looking at each other. I'm highly, you know, I, I much, I, I prefer those greatly. I, I know for myself, like uh, with, you know, COVID and everything that came and 
you know, we had to deal with and everything changed and we all went to zoom meetings or, you know, talking on the phone more or, uh, video conferencing. And there was just a certain amount of not knowing when to jump in, Mm -hmm. like the natural pauses and conversations and knowing when it was your turn to speak. And that a lot of that was lost because you didn't have that personal connection. So I had so many awkward interviews or meetings where you just, no one knows when to talk and everyone's trying to be respectful, but sometimes you just had these like long pauses or everyone talking over each other. It would be frustrating. It forces me to be a much better listener uh, because, because I can't see them necessarily if I'm talking to them over the phone Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's a little extra challenge, but that's okay. It's something I can clean up in editing. Yeah. If we start to talk over one another, I can, I can clean that up. And honestly, I think some of my favorite episodes from this year of your show or episodes that I think you were talking to people on the phone. And I know as a, as a listener, I'm thankful you were able to get that interview because I thought they were so good, yeah, you know, and yeah, to yeah. think that, okay, you weren't able to meet with somebody in person to think that you wouldn't have that, that interview. It would be, you know, I think a loss to the show. Something I really like is people, how they answer the phone. There are some people who answer the phone so warm and enthusiastically that that I, I often will put that in sometimes as a cold open to the, the mm-hmm. episode because I so liked how they answered the phone. <laughs> and it's separate from the rest of the interview, but yeah. man, they were just so wonderful. The first couple seconds on the line, I just yeah. said, well, I definitely want to include that. Right, right. Yeah. So did you have any any favorite episodes? Oh, I had year? a bunch. I mean, yes, I had a, <laughs> I had a bunch. Uh, I wouldn't even narrow it down to three, but yeah, I had a ton. I mean, um, some of the big ones that I thought of were some of your interviews, they were really able to give their experiences firsthand. Mm. Um, you know, talking about the officer that had experienced things that I can't even imagine with the LA riots and then the loss yeah. of a partner. Yeah. Um, his his kind of story about his career and what he was going through and things that he was dealing with. Yeah, that was uh, Ward Jenkins. Ward Jenkins, yeah. yeah. That was that was a powerful like I was completely captivated during that entire interview. When when he talked about um going into into work with the riots going on. Mm-hmm. And how awful everything was and how, you know, few officers and going out and basically helping the fire department responding because they had a firefighter yeah, protecting shot. the firefighters. Yeah. yeah. They had a firefighter, like, shot earlier in the day or the day yes, before. and got shot in the face. They were protecting them and going out, running a call, assisting the fire department, and then encountering the situation where, you know, he's hearing a person scream for help inside a business that is being taken over by looters and rioters and making the decision, like, that... De- absolutely impossible decision of what do I do here? Yeah. And you could tell that weight on him. Like oh, yeah. to this day, years like, later, just, yeah. just him recounting that and telling that you could, you could really tell how much that stuck with him. And I was like, Whoa, like I can't. Yeah. So. And that's what I think a lot of cops identified with that because they've been in those situations of one sort or another where there was no good choice. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to pick something that has a lot of negative connected to it, no matter which way I go. It's kind of a devil's fork. Right. And so, and so do I leave this responsibility, put these firefighters in jeopardy to make an attempt at a rescue, or do I let that person, mm-hmm. their cries for help, go unanswered? There's no good answer there. And so, so yeah, 30 years on, that, that still haunts him. And I think a lot of cops identified with that. Yeah. Your story that you told in an episode you were in, because you've been in, I, th- I think this is your sixth episode. Okay, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the stories you told was about encountering someone at their back door. You were a distance away, had your gun drawn. They were threatening you. They were daring you to shoot them. Mm-hmm. And then they go back in the house. Right. 
do, do you follow? Do you not follow? Right. You don't know what's going to happen when they go inside that house yeah. or what they could do to you. There's no good answer. There isn't. There. Yeah, no. And, and so, like I said, I think a lot of cops find themselves in that spot where there's just not a good answer. And mm-hmm. so when they hear someone else talk about it, they realize, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's gone through this right. and had the response afterward and all that kind of thing. For they, sure. they can identify yeah. with it. No, and it's funny that you mentioned that episode that I was on because I, I think my experience and what I went through maybe is like one little piece of maybe what he felt. Um, obviously, that stakes in my mind from that experience, but I think the stakes were even higher for him. In for the, Ward the, Jenkins. The, total, the yeah. totality of yeah. the, the riots and what was going on in Los Angeles at the time. So I think maybe I've got a little piece of what maybe he felt, but um, the, funny, like I said, that you mentioned that episode, I uh, recently had been kind of coordinated some training with our department and uh, we were going through, it was about a week's worth of training and we had people from our agency, other agencies, um, even people that were like mental health professionals and, and stuff from all sorts of agencies in our area. So this is kind of this cool melting pot, if you will, of different experiences and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going through our training and I think we were breaking for lunch and I had a, an actually an officer from our police department that came up and, and said that he had listened to the, that episode and was, we ended up having this great conversation and he talked about a, a similar experience that he had had with basically like a pursuit that um, basically his body he had physio- physiological responses from it with adrenaline and all these things going through his body. And yeah. it was kind of cool that we got to kind of say like, he's like, ah, cool. You know, like listening to that episode and hearing what you went through. Um, I went through a very similar experience and it was kind of cool getting to hear that other people have been through that. And it, I, I know for me, it meant a lot that he said that and that I was like, wow, I'm, I'm glad I did this because I talked about, you know, this experience that I had because maybe it will bring benefit to other people. So that was really cool. I got, yeah. that was something that really stuck with me this year. Yeah. You actually got to see that come around and mm-hmm. see that it helped somebody. I think it also speaks kind of to this show and, and the good that you're doing. And I know there's probably, you know, people maybe get to comment on the episodes or, mm-hmm. you know, leave feedback or some of that, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that you may never hear from that have gotten a lot of benefit from the show. So I think that's yeah. got to be cool to know that. Yeah. Well, locally, I don't, I, it would mystify me why a new recruit at our department wouldn't go through my catalog of past shows and find all of these sergeants and captains mm. that have been interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. go listen to all those just right. so you know the people you're working for a the little Cliff's bit. The Cliff's Notes version of yes, yeah, who yes. Am I working it seems for? like that would be great, you know, yeah. uh, opposition research or something. <laughs> right. No, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. But, I'm trying to think some of the other, like I said, there's so many episodes this year that I've really enjoyed. Uh, another uh, couple episodes that really stuck with me was the story of the officers that really had the downfall and then the redemption. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talked about um, yeah. his his life experiences, things he'd done in law enforcement, kind of his personal troubles, and then also his physical problems. You know, he, yeah. I think Norm he was Welsh dealing with Norm. Yeah. Yep. Norm's, uh, Norm's episode with kind of the spiral down and then eventually like you know he talked about you know basically getting to the point where he was selling narcotics and getting caught and um complete opposite i mean that was the exact opposite of what he was doing i mean he's working in in, essentially narcotic units yes and you know leading narcotics units and then to have that happen to him and then completely unraveled personally professionally completely undone yeah. And then, you know, I think he even talked about, you know, suicide, suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and thoughts about, you know, how he was going to carry it out. And then his um, arrest and eventual conviction and then spending, what was it, like eight or nine years in prison. Yeah. And 
his sort of redemption and catharsis and like all these things that he went through in prison and then getting to hear him now where he's at such a, a better place in his life. And yeah. It's able one, to, one of the few examples of, of someone who's truly been reformed through their prison experience. Yeah. Uh, had actual religious conversion that was legitimate uh, and, and truly changed who he was and how he looked at life. And, and I, he's, he's better for it. Now and boy, never think you'd say that about prison, right? Especially then, for a cop going to prison. And then his his like where he's at in his life and his perspective and how he's able to look. It's such a, like a like a rational way about mm-hmm. what he went through and yeah. kind of how he's like okay, you know, talking about like a bunch of police officers that he worked with and how when he went through all that, a lot of them completely disassociated from him yeah. and didn't talk yeah. to him, didn't support him in any way. And I could, yeah. I can see that because, you know, partially it's just how we operate. We don't want to, you know, we think of it's us versus them in terms of us versus people committing crime. Yeah. And then how he was like, but everybody that's committing crime, something happened in their life or something, you know, led them down that road yeah. and the humanity of it. And I was like, whoa, that really stuck with me. And then how his experiences of interacting with people in prison and, people caring about him and providing him support and then, you know, working his back, working to where he is now. It was uh, a very powerful episode. I thought, yeah, I had a couple along those lines that I liked. Also, I liked the interview with the forensic nurses. Oh yeah. That was uh, a good one. Morgan and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were funny and, and boy, they have a tough job. And so that, that was opening up a new corner of the law enforcement world mm-hmm. that I just wasn't very knowledgeable about. And it's, it's so vital. Like we have oh, to have yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was, I, I really enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed meeting them and, and doing that interview. And then also the interview with Doug Monda about surviving his suicide, where he literally Oof, put a Glock yeah. to his head and pulled the trigger right. and had a misfire. Yeah. Um, and now, is an advocate for for you know suicide awareness and, and well that and kind even of thing. like if I remember right his experiences too leading up to that like the moment where he was in a incident where he basically got run over yeah got hit by a truck basically yeah. was a kid driving it and yeah. like he was I can't I mean I, you know it's just yeah could have shot the driver right but saw that it was a child yeah. and didn't and the truck hit him and, and just destroyed him right yeah. broke. Yeah all these bones and everything else. That was, that was hard to listen to. I'll admit that was a tough episode to listen to what he had been through, but same thing to hear where he's at now in his life and how he can process that and even talk about it Mm -hmm. is a lot. You know, I, I can't imagine going through all that. And, you know, like you said, putting a gun to your head, pulling the trigger and it goes click. Yeah. Of the most reliable type of gun ever yes. made. <laughs> yes. And it didn't yeah. go off. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's something. Mm-hmm. And he was and in that particular incident. He, his friends were right there and wrestling the gun away from him and everything. And mm-hmm. so he didn't get a chance to try it again, but goodness. thank goodness because now his life is completely different. He's in a different place and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and loves life now. Right. But but mercy sex that was that was a very close call. Right. Uh, I know another one for me, just in terms of episodes that really stick out in my mind is uh, I loved the episode where he interviewed the uh, the detective from Scotland Yard. You know the yeah. London Metropolitan yeah. Police Officer that yes his experiences and he talked about working such a terrible terrorist incident yeah. with the bombing and then um, his experience working in basically working murders and, mm-hmm. and homicide investigations and and how they do it very differently. Very different yeah. than how American police departments function. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I love London. I've been there. I got to 
uh, when I was in college, I got to go to school and spend about a month in London and I fell in love with the city. I, I would go back tomorrow in a heartbeat, you know, if it wasn't so expensive. So just listening to that episode, I was, I just loved it. Just getting well, to hear the perspective and that's Steve Keogh. Mm-hmm. And I, I still stay in, stay in touch with him. Yeah. Nice. He's a, he's a neat guy. Yeah. So. That was, that was cool. And then, you know, his, you know, that he's now, you know, kind of like we've talked about this in other, you know, situations, but just the, the thought process of, you know, police, you can't be a police officer forever. And mm-hmm. I think uh, this year you were able to incorporate that kind of thought process into quite a few of your episodes and saying, yeah. Hey, look, the reality is, is as much as you want to do this forever, you can't, there's going to be another chapter of your life after right. law enforcement. And you yeah. have to start thinking about what, what you want to do. Right. So you had, you know, episodes where you talked with multiple officers that have transitioned out of law enforcement through retirement or medical retirement or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or even criminal behavior and losing their job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then what do you do later on in life? So yeah. I thought that was uh, yeah. at least some of them, some uh, of them became authors. Some of them became chaplains. Some of them do completely different stuff. Right. But, uh, right. But yeah, so that, that was, wasn't on purpose. That wasn't on purpose, but ah, it, was, it did become a theme. It was though, a theme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from one transitions. <laughs> the Hey yeah. Chaplain podcast yeah. season two transitions. <laughs> so, no, I thought that was really good. What are what are some of your other episodes that you really enjoyed or um, well, liked, liked getting... there's episodes that that I mean I love all of them and especially getting to know the people and even befriending mm-hmm. them as I interview them and interact with them before and after the interview. There's episodes that I I, I know this is good content from good people, but the topic may not thrill. It may not be clickbait. Okay. You know, and I don't really want to do clickbait. Yeah. But but there's times where where I know that this is a topic that a young officer needs to hear. Yeah. And so like I talked to Nick Doherty about, you know, money moves for law enforcement. He he does financial cop. He's that that is his area of expertise is is how do cops make better financial decisions and, which is and, so crucial to oh. So many um, cops, they, they yeah. get, they finally get in the first paycheck. First thing they do is go buy this hugely expensive truck. Right. And, and it's got all the bells and whistles. With incredibly and, high interest rate. Oh no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, and so getting some just basic financial advice I felt was crucial. And it's a topic I want to come back to mm-hmm. whether it gets the maximum number of downloads or not. I, I just think it's important. Right. And so there were topics like that, that were meaningful to me, including, you know, what do you do after you leave law enforcement? Mm-hmm. Uh, talked to Mike the cop, Mike Edwards, mm-hmm. and and he talked about you know moving into real estate. That's kind of his niche mm-hmm. is is moving cops and veterans into the next chapter of their lives and having them sell real estate because mm-hmm. a lot of the people skills transfer really well from law enforcement over to to that kind of business. And again, it's one of those things where even if a cop doesn't want to think about it, you really should have some kind of plan B because some injury or some other unforeseen event right. may prevent you from from having a super long career. And frankly, in law enforcement, there's no such thing as a super, super long career. Right. I mean, most, yeah. you know, 25, 30 years is about the most anybody does with mm-hmm. rare exceptions. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's well, then like I was thinking important. too, the, uh, another episode I really liked was the one about the Kansas City Mafia and organized crime. Yes. With uh, yes. Gary Jenkins. And, you know, he went from being a, you know, Kansas City, Missouri police officer for mm-hmm. years, but then, you know, he talked about going to law school and, you know, practicing yes. and doing, yeah. the, doing the legal thing. Yeah. Um, and that was always interesting. And then obviously now he's doing something else where he's, yeah. you know, in, uh, got a very educating. successful podcast. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was cool. You know, um, you know, he mentioned 
writers, but you know, lawyers, you've got people that going into becoming the more of the becoming a chaplain or going into, you know, something to do with religion or whatever. So there's all these different things that you've talked to with people that they've gone on to do. Um, I, a couple of people have said, you know, like, what was it? I, I just didn't want to work in government anymore. I think that was yes. kind of, yes. or, or I don't want to have a boss anymore. I want yes. to be my own boss. I heard that like there multiple was some, times this yes. year. Yeah. Yep. I noticed that too. So that was yeah. cool. Yeah. And also one more that I think I really would want to underline and like direct people back to was the episode with Susie Sawyer. Uh, she's the lady that started Concerns of Police Survivors yeah. all those years ago. Now it's one of the largest, you know, uh, nonprofits yeah. that serve the law enforcement community in, in such a in such an important way too. Oh yes, yeah. yes, and and her story is a fascinating story, but she is a delight to talk to mm-hmm. also, and so and so it's a good story with a really witty charming person. Yeah. And it's one of my very favorite interviews I've ever done. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I've heard Hey Chaplin talk about concerns of police survivors before, so I'll just skip this one. Mm. And it was the, it's one of the very yeah. best. It's one no, of it's my good. It was really favorites. good. Um, one thing else I kind of noticed this year that I, I enjoyed and thought was important was, I think he showed a lot of love by bringing forward people in the law enforcement community that aren't maybe sworn officers and talking about their stories. So people working in victim services, Mm -hmm. people working in communications or dispatch, you know, you know, the the people that are so crucial to keeping the big blue bus moving forward and investigating crime and and supporting people. And yeah, the judge and yeah, yeah. Judge Sarah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. He was one, he was one I wanted at the very he, it was on my list from day one. I wanted to talk to a judge mm-hmm. about what they see from the bench in regard to police officers in court. Yeah. And it took a long time to find the right judge and yeah. one that was willing to talk. He did it a long and, time, too. He was in Wendat yeah. County for my whole career until he retired. And then he... Uh, and it was so good. He yeah. was he was a I, pleasure to I talk was, to I mean, it's, not, it's funny, but not funny. But when he was telling the story about the bailiff or the detention deputy bringing the, you know, all the, the defendants in and they're all in their orange jumpsuits yeah. and everything. And he's looking at the list and he's like, hey, uh, isn't there... I've got, you know, 13 people where I only count 12. Where's the 13th? And then the guy was like, uh-oh. And, right. The guy had escaped and ran off in shackles. I was like, that is awesome. Like yeah. you cannot make that up. That's yeah. that's that's great. But yeah, no, I thought some of those episodes were really cool. I thought the I learned a lot from them. And um yeah, I've been doing this I've been in law enforcement for a few years now and how long have you been? I'm in my fifteenth year. Fifteen years. Yeah. So I've been okay. I've been doing a little bit. Um there's obviously a lot of people I work with that have been doing it a lot longer. But uh, you know, learning about some of the you know, things that have to happen behind the scenes. You know, mm-hmm. if we don't have dispatchers, we're not coming to your emergency call. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's not it's happening. Critical. If, critical if job. we don't have victim services, we are not providing. It's a difference maker to the community. Yes. To have victim services. Yes. And yeah. another thing that, you know, I, I think that is sort of a, something we don't like to talk about, but the, the reality is we're public service. Like we are a customer support, you know, customer service yeah. based. Yeah. Um, Trade. You know, Trade, yeah, yeah trade. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. So, you know, we have to make sure that we are supporting our customers, which unfortunately very often are victims of crime mm-hmm. and, you know, people that perpetuate crime, yes. whether we like it or not. Right. And for things like, you know, victim services to be that sort of liaison between the police department and, right. you know. Law uh, enforcement is not sustainable if absolutely everybody hates you. Correct. That that's 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 not a direction you want to go. No, as an no, not at all. And 
we have our authority and everything else, but that is granted to us by the people. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like we just yeah. naturally have that. So it is almost better to have a good relationship yeah. and with then, the community. You have to have the ability for people to think they can talk to the police. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to be a witness and they're not willing to tell you what they saw and they're not willing to provide you information, you're going to have a lot of those violent crimes and property crimes are going to go unsolved because we have to have participation from our community to move forward. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just so it's so vital. So I know the shows obviously can be listened you know, people can listen to it all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere that you can get a podcast, you yeah. can download it. So you've yeah. got all the different, you know, whether it's Apple or Stitcher. I mean, I'm Spotify sure Spotify is a big one. Yeah. So yeah. there's a bunch of them. What uh, I know, you get those analytics and that data. What where are people listening to the show at now? Well, Has anything I've changed got or the list, different? I've got the list right in front of me. The top ten countries. Okay. Uh, starting number one, obviously United States. Go USA. You know, about about eighty nine percent of my listeners come from United States. Okay, uh, makes sense. Followed by Canada, Australia, South Africa, the UK, Mexico, Germany, New Zealand, Belgium, and the Netherlands. So a lot of those make sense. Because it's primarily English-speaking yeah, countries. Yeah, Commonwealth nations. Yes. Yeah, yeah former colonial uh, from the United Kingdom. India is in the top 15. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But once again, there's quite a few of those countries are predominantly English-speaking. Mm-hmm. But there's a few in there you threw in that, that aren't. No, no. And I don't know. See, in Germany, there's a lot of, of Americans in Germany. Um, and there's always a chance that a few of these countries, I'm getting some hits off of people with a VPN oh, spoofing okay. their location. Got it. And so there are there are occasionally I'll see a hit where there's certain places around the world that are known for just they have a VPN a type thing, data hub thing, right? And and VPNs pick that specific Got place, it. and I kind of know that those are actually probably cops very close by that are spoofing their their location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes <laughs> but, sense. But most people don't do that. And so most of this data is pretty reliable. And same thing with the top 10 cities, not counting the Kansas City metro, because okay. obviously I have a lot of people locally who listen to the show. Mm-hmm. But outside of Kansas City, my top 10 cities are Denver, Colorado, Riverside, California, mm-hmm. Houston, Texas, Tucson, Arizona, St. Louis, Missouri, Monroe, Louisiana, uh, Miami, Florida, Sydney, Australia, Cleveland, Ohio, oh, good and Cleveland. Seattle, Washington. Cool. Yep. And so those are those are the top ten. And those fluctuate a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, some of those are neck and neck with the ones right behind them. But but yeah, we get and and a lot of those. Not every one of those cities, but most of those cities, I've had contact with people who have reached out on Facebook yeah. or Twitter or whatever, and they've said, "Yeah." Hey, so speaking of that, so yeah. what? Uh, what kind of feedback are you getting from listeners? I mean, is there a lot of, do you get emails or people commenting or leaving reviews of the episodes? Or is there anything that sticks out in your mind? Well, I mean, well, it's affirmation that the, okay, this is going out into the internet ether mm-hmm. and it's not returning void. I mean, there's actually people hearing it and responding. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I've had some nice notes. I've had a little bit of feedback. I have almost zero negative feedback. Okay. I don't think I've ever gotten anything yet. You know, but a five star review, which, which is which is great, which kind of means that there's not enough people reviewing it because <laughs> eventually there's somebody that's out there just in a bad mood. Yeah. You really should have at least one one star review out there somewhere. Yeah, I, I but, don't know, but I think though that too that especially when I'm looking at things like I either really care and like a podcast or I don't. Mm-hmm. If I do, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a five star review because. I really enjoy the content they're putting out. You know, it's not like right, this right. is only a three. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. I think if people enjoy the show and they like what you're putting out, they're gonna they're gonna you know 
put that out as a five star review or whatever a positive review, right? Because it makes sense. And I've had and I've had a lot of good feedback like that. Just people saying they appreciate it. People, a lot of cops that are retired saying, "Hey, this reminds me of something I went through." Oh wow, okay. Uh, so I get a lot of of nice notes from retirees like that. But I think the ones that mean the most to me are the face-to-face ones where we've mm-hmm. had officers that say, hey, I listened, and that meant a lot to me, and nice. I appreciate that you put that out there. And I think those probably just touch me on a personal level, even more so than the ones that get over the internet. For sure. And, you know, kind of once going back to another episode, I loved your episode where you, it was the, the theme was like being a patrol chaplain. Hmm. And you had that conversation and you guys were able to discuss about what you're going for, like what, what you're trying to do yes. and what your thought process is on being a chaplain and you're being proactive and proactive, that kind but, of thing. Yeah. but also just being present, which yeah. was, a, I think a big you know topic of your discussion was just be there so that people are used to seeing you around and that you're not yes. just this stranger. And then having those connections with people where they feel that they can come up and talk to you, you know, yeah. they, they may not feel comfortable talking to you, like you said, for a few years, Yeah. but once you've been around enough, you've started to become a face of the agency and you've, you're there and, you know, having those face-to-face conversations is, you know, yeah. a big thing. And that, that is kind of the, the not so hidden agenda of this podcast is that I know that a lot of officers are not comfortable talking to a chaplain or psychologist mm-hmm. or even peer support sometimes. But they they might listen to a podcast, and so I can get in a lot more ears right. by putting out this podcast than I could if I just you know went and said, "Hey, would you like to talk about your feelings?" Yeah, and, and I know <laughs> they're a, probably going to say no. A, a big a big you know a part of your what your intended audience right would be mm-hmm. you know you always talk about you know share it with a cop or someone who loves a cop right yeah, so yeah. you know people like me people like my spouse. Um, or you know, like my dad, my dad's a big fan of the show. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. He, he loves it. But another, I'm, I'm guessing potential audience that you're looking for is also other chaplains or other people, you yes. know, other both, helpers. Yeah, yeah. That are, you know, trying to help and, and be there for agencies and, and officers and stuff. So have you had any feedback from other people that have either are currently a, a chaplain or have the interest in potentially I, becoming that? I have a, a dear friend, uh, his name's Jeff Wolf, but he is, a chaplain and has done a lot to mentor me as far as as far as you know what a chaplain is and what a chaplain does and and uh, how not to reinvent the wheel you know that kind of thing okay. and put a lot of resources in front of me which I greatly appreciate but he's an avid listener as well mm-hmm. and and he gets really excited about some of the topics that introduce cultural competency to other helpers okay. that these are topics that. A chaplain who's not been in law enforcement may not be aware of Mm -hmm. that they need to be brought up to speed. Okay. And these help in that sense. And so it's helping the cop talk about an area he needs to talk about, but it's also helping the helper, the, let's say a chaplain, Mm -hmm. it helps the chaplain get up to speed on on an area that that they may maybe never considered that this was an issue in law enforcement, but... Having listened to the podcast, now they do. Well, you had an episode this year where you interviewed a chaplain that went on his like first ride along with yes. an agency, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool, yeah. like getting his perspective yeah. on things. I actually have kind of a chaplain starter pack <laughs> where where I've said, okay, if you're becoming a chaplain, please listen to these three or four episodes, oh, okay. and that'll get you up to speed on what some of us are trying to do, and at least you'll at least you'll have some awareness, you yeah. know, before you dive into the yeah, agency I, that you're at. I uh, you know, listening to that episode, like some of, honestly, like I, I mentioned, some of my favorite episodes. But some of the ones that I was kind of not shocked by, but most like I wasn't, I went into wanting to listen to them. But then as I listened to them, I thought they were just so interesting 
And that was one. Yeah. The patrol chaplain, that episode was excellent. Like, you know, like we said, you talking about like your guys' thought process on what you want to do, how you want to do that. And thinking about that, I was like thinking about you and what you've done with our agency, mm-hmm. right? And kind of your thought process and how you're trying to do things and interact with our, our officers that we, you know, want to be there for. And I thought that was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that episode. I didn't even think I would. I've, I, I've spent, I really liked it. I've spent years teaching in the church. And one of the little tactics that you can use to get people to listen is to let them overhear. And so a lot of churches will bring up the little kids to the front of the church oh, and okay. we'll do yeah. a little Bible lesson. Yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks it's so cute and it's like five minutes long and that kind of thing. Yeah. That is actually like this super genius move because while the pastor's talking to the little kids, all of the parents are listening. Hmm. And they may listen to that better than they listen to the sermon. Wow. Right? And so if you listen to two chaplains talk about doing a ride-along, that's two outsiders stepping into your world. And it's not directed at you, but you might listen to it better yeah. because you're overhearing someone else's experience. Okay. Well, you got me. And yeah. You, got, yeah. you hooked so, me. So it's on purpose, right? Yeah. You got me. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. So so what do you want to see in the future? I mean, not everything's set in stone. I'm working a couple months yeah. out, but, but what kind of things do you want to see me cover in the future? You know, I'm always a big fan of diversity. So, you know, maybe police officers working in other parts of the world. Um, other experiences that they've had, you know, you've had some of those interviews where you've talked to people like, you know, working in like army CID or, you know, some other, some of those other agencies and stuff. I always find that interesting to hear one for me, just to learn what they do or Mm -hmm. learn, have a better understanding of what they do. Yeah. But I'm also thinking of if I was, you know, if it's me when I'm 18 and what do I want to do for a career learning about all these other options and things that would have never come to mind that I was like, that would have probably been a pretty good fit for me. So, yeah, you yeah. know, some of those things, I think if people listen to the show and they have a desire to either, you know, become a, uh, get into, you know, becoming a police officer or, you know, some other type of law enforcement adjacent profession, mm-hmm. getting to hear about those, I think are really interesting. And then some of those episodes this year where you had those really like these firsthand accounts of just this riveting things, yeah. anytime you can get more of that, I'm in. Well, I, that's that's always on the on the agenda is to get you know firsthand accounts. Mm-hmm. Almost any officer has had you know if they're able to tell the story, which sometimes they're not at a place where they really want to. Mm-hmm. But but if you have an officer who's willing to talk, oh, the the best stories come out. And I often will put that on social media. I'll be on Twitter or on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I'll say cops tell great stories uh, because they really do. And so there's lots of those lined up, you know, coming up here in the next oh, several cool. months. I'll be looking forward um, to that. I, I am going to, I have my these irons in the fire for, for Border Patrol, Internal Affairs, SWAT, rural agencies. Because a lot of times there's just so much focus, especially on television, big so much urban. focus on big urban yeah. agencies. But talking about, you know, these rural agencies where this guy, you know, he's out on patrol and he's really miles from the oh, next closest police officer. I have. Yeah. Uh, there are guys in our department that have lateraled over from other agencies and hearing their stories about when they were working for some of these smaller agencies mm-hmm. and how, you know, getting pinned down by rifle fire or, you know, getting attacked and not having a backup or yeah. you're... Oh, your backup's 15 minutes away. Your, your backup's or, or more. <laughs> a, a highway patrolman that you're going to have to wake up, and he's going to be here in 45 minutes. Yeah. That's yeah, scary. That's, and that's I scary. can't imagine working in that environment. So those yeah. guys and gals are, are tough. Well, there's some of that coming up. Uh, I do want to talk to women 
in law enforcement, being a mom, being a wife, okay. you know, having that kind of thing. So it's a different good, yeah. dynamic. And it's only about a fifth of law enforcement that's mm-hmm. female. Yeah. And so so they they kind of have an uphill road to climb a little yep, bit. And I want sure. to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about what it's like for immigrants coming into our country and becoming a police officer mm. in a country they weren't born in. Okay. Uh, I want to talk to a doctor who specializes in law enforcement health. Okay. And just look at, you know, what are the why is it that cops die 10 years younger right. than everybody else? Yeah. And so so that's on the on the schedule I hope. You know, not all these I can't guarantee. Right. They're not going to all come out in January, you know, but but in 2023 I'm I'm confident they'll I'll get them sooner or later. Cool. Looking at different countries, I've got a second plan of attack for South Africa. I'm okay. still trying to to get it's been working for over a year wow. to get an interview with a with a police officer from South Africa. I'm still working on that. And uh, Mexico, Australia, a few places like that. I've got some leads. Nice. I'm hoping those will turn into interviews. And uh, more law enforcement history. I love law enforcement history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. And so f- historic shootouts and criminals and that kind of thing. Or just I, how business was done back in the day. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating. And so so I, I'm definitely, there's going to be some history sprinkled in among all these other interviews as well. You know, I'm a huge history buff and I love it. And yeah, thinking about those officers working in you know, generations ago when, you know, it's not that long ago when you think about it, you know, officers would have to go to a call box and, you know, oh, they, yeah. they didn't have a radio on their hip, yeah. you know, so yeah. things that we take for granted nowadays are just... Well, um, and because officers tend to die younger, the resources, you know, you see like, a, you know, an interview with a hundred-year-old World War II vet, mm-hmm. and there's only just a handful of those left. I know, yeah. Well, it, the, it's much shorter for law enforcement. Because cause you need, I mean, to get somebody who was in law enforcement 30, 40 years ago, th- that's some pretty thin ranks. Right. And and you've you've really got to pounce on that. So I'm, I'm always looking for retirees that can tell me about what it was like to be a cop in the 1960s or 70s yeah. or 80s. Yeah. yeah. You talk to, you hear the stories, you read the books of guys that were cops in the 60s and 70s, and mm-hmm. they went through some really tough stuff then, oh, too. Oh, yes. If you think that law enforcement is going down the drain or something like that, if you feel real negative about it, Remember that this is not a, a drain. This is a pendulum. And so whatever is trending one direction, it will reverse and trend the other direction. Mm-hmm. And that will come with pros and cons. Yeah. What's, what's the and famous so, line? You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, so yes, there, there will be lean times and there will be, there'll be good times too. And problem is we often don't recognize the good times until they're already over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. that's a unfortunate I'm sure people listen to the show or you get referred, you know, you talk mm-hmm. to somebody and then they refer you to someone else to talk to, right? Or, yes. you know, I'm yes. sure that happens. What are some other ways that, you know, if maybe somebody's a fan of the show and maybe they do have a really good story to tell, what's a way that they could maybe reach out to you and say, hey, I'd love to be on the show? Like, how would they go about that? Yeah, the best way is still Facebook. Um, get on the Facebook group for Hey Chaplain and, and just message me. Okay. You know, uh, make a comment. I, I read all those comments. I try to respond every time someone comments. And uh, also Twitter. Now, Twitter oh, has okay. changed a lot in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here recording this at the end of, of 2022. And I think I'm not going to be shadow banned quite as much. Uh, in law enforcement stuff, if you have something positive to say about cops, there was a few years where you put that on social media and algorithms just did not spread it around. Wow. Uh, you'd put it out there and it just kind of be dis- it just kind of disappear. Hmm. And so I think Twitter is a little bit better than it was a few months ago. And so I've reestablished myself on Twitter. You can contact me there also. Okay. 
And and yes, if, if there's an opportunity, I would love to talk to you, understanding that I'm, I've got so many irons in the fire, it's going to be months mm-hmm. before you know, I could likely get that in. I mean, there's, there's exceptions, but, but for the most part, I'm working several months out Yeah, and, uh, and I just can't take everybody. Uh, some people are not a good fit for this show and I've got to make an editorial decision to be like, okay, I, I think you've got a great story. I just think that's a great story for a different podcast. Oh yeah. And that'd be yeah. tough too, especially if it's, it's interesting, but you're like, yeah, this isn't really, fair. Yeah. or the, or, just, or I just did an episode on that exact oh, topic. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, I've just covered that. This would be completely, it'd be the department of redundancy department. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can't, you can't have the same episode over and over and over again. Good the, point. The, the point of my show is that it's got a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I've had to, to say no, or I've had to say, can you please wait? And and I had I had one at the end of 2022 that they waited for six months for me to do an interview and mm-hmm. they they wanted it early in 2022 instead they were going to be the last episode of, wow. of the year and so they were very patient with me and I appreciate that. No, that's that's great. I mean, yeah. I know that you're thinking big picture too, right? And yeah, you have yeah. to, and you're yeah. you're you know you're thinking down the road, you know, short term goals, long term goals. You know, how what do I want the show to do? What do I want to cover? And yeah. then you're balancing that with timelines and, and staying yeah. on, you know, yeah. basically staying on track and yeah. doing all these other things. It's got to be a lot to, to think about. Yeah. There's a little bit of concern that this show could be the victim of its own success because as it grows, hosting it on the internet becomes more expensive. Mm-hmm. And I've made a pretty public commitment that I'm not running commercials on this show. I'm not going to, to advertise. And so I'm doing this as a hobby and I'm spending my money to do it. Yeah. And so there's going to come a point where I'm probably going to have to ask people probably away from the show on the side, probably through social media. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. just say, Hey, can you, can you help me out a little bit with these hosting fees or subscriptions or whatever I have to do? Uh, certainly if I ever got to the point where I needed to hire someone to do my editing or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to need some people to partner with me For to sure. keep the show going. Cause if the show stayed small, I could probably do it indefinitely, but the show's growing. And it's yeah. getting better, and it's being heard all over the world, which like is a 60, good thing. Like sixty different countries, and, yeah. And and so, yeah, it's good. But but I, I may need some help in the future. Uh, but I probably won't be talking about it on air. It'd okay. be a thing that you'd see in the Facebook group or on Twitter, yeah. Where I just say, hey, I could use a little bit of help with with paying this or paying that. Okay. And so, uh, like you said, it's it's a good thing that the show is getting more listenership, and mm-hmm. people are getting to hear it and and get you know, this awesome content that you're putting out to the world. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that doesn't come for free either. No, no. And I just, I just don't see this show ever becoming a show that runs commercials for mattresses. And yeah. I just don't think that'll ever happen. But, but there are other ways to skin that cat mm-hmm. and I can, can get support on the side and people can kind of come in and partner with me. And, and cool. I'm pretty confident that the little bit of help that I need, It'll be it'll be covered. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I, I think the show has a lot of legs still. On behalf of you know myself and I'm sure other people that listen to the show regularly, I just want to say thanks for all you do because I know it does take a lot of your time and I think the um, effort that you put into the show is, is is clear and evident with the production quality and the types of topics and the people you're talking to and uh, I just want to say thanks for all that you do because it's been awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and it's an honor to do it. And, it's, and I truly mean that because every time I do one of these interviews, I'm meeting someone who might become a new friend and, and I'm just meeting the best people mm-hmm. and enjoying it. 
and I have pages and pages of topic ideas. Oh wow! And and I'm just I feel like I could do this ad infinitum. Cool. And I'm I'm just glad that I'm able to do it. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to the, you know the the show's future. I'm excited to you know every time a new air episode drops and I'm able to see what the topic is. I I'm like oh okay, and then I have to figure out when I'm going to listen to it. You know. And Joe, what's your dad's name? Joe. Joe. Okay. Yeah, he's a junior. I'm a third, and my grandpa was senior. So, well, yeah. Uh, Joe Grisella Jr. Thank you for listening. All right. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm sure he'll be listening to this episode. So, so Joe, what do you think? How, how did my year-end evaluations turn out? Is it okay? You, did yeah. I get a passing grade? You got a passing grade. I think you're going to do well. I'm going to mark on here that I'm going to plan on retaining you okay. as a chaplain. And uh, in terms of future goals, I just want you to keep doing what you're doing and uh, keep excelling at, at being a chaplain and being a podcaster. Thanks. Thank you, Joe. And thank you, Joe's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, dad. The views expressed here are the personal views of the host and our guests and do not necessarily represent the views of any law enforcement agency or its components. If you liked what you heard here, please share this episode with a cop or someone who loves a cop. Thanks for listening today. And as always, pray for peace in our city. Does that sound good with you, Chaplain Altic? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> I hope you're ready. Uh, we're going to be doing... I'm going to do that again. I don't want to mess it up too bad. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Grisella, and I'm back. Sound okay, I think? Uh, that sounded really good. Okay. Do you want to take another run at that? I, I think it seemed okay. Uh, that's, that's I, I don't think I flubbed really anything. No. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Grisella, and I hope you're not tired of me because I'm back. Very good. You feel good about that one? I think so. Okay. Do you think the voice sounded okay, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've got a good voice. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, just sounds really high to me, so. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. My voice, like, when I hear my voice in a recording, it sounds way high-pitched. Like, like, it's really... Really? In my own ears, when I talk, it seems normal. But when I hear it in a recording, it sounds really, like, high. Oh, that's so. funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, you yeah. don't have a particularly high voice. Okay. Hmm. I've always been kind yeah. of self-conscious of it, honestly. Yeah, you're not squeaky. Okay. No. <laughs> Let's do another goodbye. Okay.